Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, how's it going? Oh, man, I'm suffering through another week. How about you? <laughs> I, I am as well. Uh, you know, suffering must be the topic because you kind of set it up that way. I did. I did. Yeah. You know, I uh, I was I was really glad to see what, what came out of the bag this week. Uh, it's This is something that a lot of people don't want to talk about a lot. I, I, well, I wonder I, why. Well, I guess we could yeah. say a lot of people like to gripe about, yeah. but we look past the benefits of suffering. Um, you know, nobody wants it, nobody asks for it, but it's a part of our life. And, you know, I just, I see people that struggle with it. Why is it here? If we have a loving God, why do, why do these acts of, of, of weather and things that destroy towns and villages and, you know, and, and kids and homes and all those things and just all these several things that can happen in life what's the purpose of them you know if we have a loving god then why do why does he allow these things to happen to us and you know suffering everything god gives us is a grace if you look at if you look at it that way and suffering is too you know if if we were running around joyful all the time it'd be pretty hard to it'd be pretty easy to to look at the things that we have in life as is just normalcy right like this is just we wouldn't appreciate the things that we have that are good, right? You know, right. when I look at suffering, I look at it like a coin. You know, you've got one side that's joy and one side that's suffering. They can't exist without the other. And obviously suffering is was brought into the world with Adam and Eve, you know, in the original sin, that sin and death came in. And as a byproduct of that, we have suffering. But uh, a lot of people are caught up in that and they look at it in a negative light. Uh, it's very easy to because it's painful in a lot of different ways, physically, emotionally. But suffering is a necessity in our life, and that's what I kind of want to talk about today. Right. Well, when suffering is is essential part of our lives in faith, mm-hmm. and I look at suffering as have you ever been to like the Orpheum, you know, and you see yeah. like this, you know, there's there's many different curtains behind the main stage, right? Mm-hmm. We have the main one, and the light shines on it. All you see is a curtain, right? But then in some of those instances where you shine that light straight on the curtain, it's one of those like those transparent kind of things those mm-hmm. where you don't see anything until like the backstage is lit and you see all the characters developing the, the in the storyline back there but that mm-hmm. curtain's still there well that suffering's like that it's like there's there's a blockage there but once you get past that you see God's uh plan and his will is still moving in that suffering to get to that that backstage yeah. you know that next stage of your life Dude, you're much more cultured than I am because I like the the closest uh, yeah, thing I hey. get to a play is like an Avengers movie at the Malco. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know that's what we need to do. You need to go and, and get that whole experience. You know, you need, like I'm developing a mind palace for you. Yeah, you need to get some culture <laughs> yeah. going. Too. I'm trying to escape that place quickly. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, no, you know, every show we try to talk about some things that you know, whatever subject matter we're talking about, we we look at the saints and see what they have to say. And you know, when people ask why is they're suffering, you know. I know that we always have to look at Jesus and everything in our life, right? He is the model of what we should be living as a Christian. Anything he did is stuff that we should be striving to do. Anything that he went through are the things that we are going to have to go through. You know, he was a model and example of our life here. That's his whole purpose for coming down here, was, or part of his purpose was to show us the way. 
And, you know, one of the quotes I found last night was from St. Augustine of Hippo, and it says, God had one son on earth without sin, but never one without suffering. So therefore, Jesus, you know, he was here, but he had to suffer as well. You know, he didn't sin, but the suffering he still had to take on. So in a way, who do we think we are to not have to endure in that as well? And Jesus, part of his, obviously he came here to redeem us, to to take our place, to to save us from our, to, to, to right the original wrongs. But Jesus also came to show us how to suffer. You know, that it's going to be part of it. You can't avoid it. God didn't avoid it. You know, he embraced it. And Jesus, if you remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, he does what we do a lot. Why am I going through this? Why Take this cup from me. Like, do I have to do this? But yet at the end of the day, God gave him the strength and the resolve that he needed at that time to be able to move forward through that suffering. And it's through our suffering that we can experience true joy. You know, there's a lot of things in the world, like Angela and I were talking about this last night when I told her we were going to talk about that. Angela's my wife. And... You know, she said, well, why, you know, what about people that lose children? You know, how do you explain that away when you're doing a podcast about suffering? How does, where's the good in all of that? And, you know, you look at places like here in town in Memphis, we have St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and some children died a long time ago of cancer. And Danny Thomas, a guy who had means and a guy that had a, a mission on his mind, was inspired by that and has built a hospital and, is, and has been dead for years. And his legacy lives on with this tremendously funded place that has saved countless number of children's lives that have given children a life that they never would have had before and uh, you know there's there was point to those first children's sufferings you know that there's something beautiful that came out of it inspired and yes there may have been loss of life there and parents that went through that you always see that you know we went one time at, to Labonner, another children's hospital here and they um they had the go lucy go thing where basically there's all these parents that that have children there and they can't they don't provide food for them so we have to go and and uh their organization provides the food and they need people to serve and that's what we did and that was started by a woman whose child didn't make it lucy you know and and they've got a 5k race that supports all this stuff and they've done all these things so beautiful things can come out of our suffering um you know for uh peter says in first peter you know but if you are patient when you suffer for doing what is good this is a grace before God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you leaving an example that you may should follow in his footsteps. So that's the whole point. Jesus came here to show us the way and to show us that suffering is a necessity in our lives, but it's not a punishment. You know, so often I think we, we things happen, you're like, really, God? What, what did I do to deserve this? You know, why are you, why are you treating me this way? I go to church. I do these things. I'm a relatively good person. Why am I having to go through this stuff? And we got to stop looking at it, it, suffering as a punishment and as another road to grace, albeit a painful one a lot of times, but a road to grace. It was a road to growth too. I mean, you know, you, you can see, uh, I don't want to name any names, but there's people who are, um, ministers on TV who proclaim the, the, uh, prosperity gospel where everything should be good, everything will go good, everything will be blessed, you will increase in wealth and all that stuff, and nothing should ever happen to you badly, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how, how good is that as a shepherd telling that to your sheep, right? When something does go bad, well, you're pretty much letting them know that it's their faith that's caused them to suffer, and that's not true. I mean, that's the version on heresy. You know, like you said, suffering is essential 
yeah. in our Christian faith and our walk. Like you said, Christ suffered. So yeah. therefore, we are, should expect to suffer as well because if we don't suffer, we're never going to grow. We're never going to really know the true concept or encompassedness of God's love in our life. Right. Because we're just going to be spoiled children and take advantage of it. Well, and it shows you how strong of a person you really are. You know, God made you as this magnificent creature. And so often we look at ourselves as these small and weak and, and like we can't do things on our own. But God, you know, like St. Paul said, you know, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. I can endure all things in Christ who strengthens me. You know, God gives us these opportunities to go through these trials and tribulations to, to grow. A lot of times I look at it as the things that have happened in my life. I was in a place where God wanted more of me. And, you know, if we're not volunteering that on our time, he on our own, he allows these things to happen in our life. He doesn't cause them. You know, a lot of these sufferings and things, they come from the devil. I mean, we live in the devil's world, right? And we're prey to those things. But And that's like we said before, that's, that's a byproduct of original sin. But Jesus allows us and God allows us to go through these things so that we come out the other side better, that we that, to move us from these places we are. You know, people that have been listening to podcasts and have seen some of the other things that I've done, you know, some talks and things like that, uh, they're aware of my, my witness story and my conversion story of being addicted to drugs. And, you know, I've talked a lot about that. I, I really haven't ever let loose personally on the hell that I was in in my own mind for those years. And then also just the, the damage it did to my family and my relationship with my wife. I've, I've hinted at it. I, I haven't really just unpacked that wholly on here you know, because of time and everything in its fullness. But I got to tell you that suffering could have been for nothing, right? I could have, Angela could have walked away from me. I could have lost my family. I could have put a gun in my mouth or something like that, whatever it could have turned out. But God used that suffering for all these things that are happening now. You and I are sitting here today on this podcast because God put me, my wife, and my children through suffering. I had walked off of the path, and apparently God wanted me back on it in a big way. And he's using me and the people like you and the other people that have come into my life through the, our study group and everything else to, to use this huge evangelization effort that we're trying to put out. All that suffering was not for nothing. It was for something. You know, it, it's he reclaimed a son that had walked away. And he's doing great things through, the, through me, through you, through all the people that are surrounded in this, through my wife. I mean, that's not wasted. And so often is, is, is people... We take the suffering and we waste it, right? Like we we just say, gosh, I'm glad that that's over with. Thank goodness. I hope I never have to go through that again. And we're missing the point. Everything that we have to suffer has a purpose. When Jesus suffered, it had a purpose. One, to die for our sins, but two, to show us how to suffer. And when we walk away from that, you know, sometimes God just wants to, to rip us down to the studs, right? To use a building term. He just, we've gotten to a place in life that's no no longer on the path. It's not good for us. It's not helping him and the mission, the reason he put us here. And he rips us down to the studs so that he can rebuild us up in the image that he originally intended for us so we can get our head back on him, off of ourselves, on those around us, and move forward. And that's the purpose of the suffering. Nobody ever says it's going to be easy, but when you go through it, that joy that you see on the other side is exponentially more than you would have ever experienced without that suffering. Right. Well, I mean, there, there's kind of some ways where suffering begins. One is like where you things you do to yourself, your own poor choices, right? Some of it's sickness and others just, you know, things that just are randomly events, it mm-hmm. seems. 
But whenever you look back, again, when you look hindsight and you see the path of God's love, you can assess when the suffering was at its height. And you look back and you kind of say, okay, this was not fun for me. And then you look where you are now and you can say, well, if, if this didn't happen, I'd never be where I am right now. You know, and the story that I've shared with you is that, you know, when I was 20 years old, I had a tumor in my spinal cord, you know, and, and it took two years for someone to find it because they're looking on my hip rather than my back. Well, my whole goal for in high school was to go in the military, you know, follow my dad's footsteps and be a Marine and be Marine recon and all that stuff and career man in the military. Well, that tumor prevented me from doing that. So I had to reassess my goals. Of course, depression came and, and trying to figure out what do I do now. But one, it, it got me on a path to really see God, to go you know, find myself in my faith, as well as looking to do mission trips overseas and, and going to the seminary. And if, I, if that didn't happen, that suffering didn't happen, my whole, I may have been buried and dead in Afghanistan or Iraq. You know, not to say that I'm better than anybody else in that way, but that's how I look at it. Yeah. That's how I look at the reason my suffering is because it allowed me to not only walk this path where I am now, but allows me to meet my wife and to have my two daughters. You yeah. know, without that suffering, I wouldn't be in Memphis. Without that suffering, I wouldn't have met Christy. Without that suffering, I wouldn't have been with you had Lily and, and, and Ella. So we all have to be very careful with how we judge suffering as it being such a negative influence where at the time we're going through it, it's so much pain involved that we wonder what the heck can come from this. Right. But when, when you come through it, that's when you take the, the inventory, the assessment, and go, all right, God, you, knew, you did knew, exa- you knew exactly what you were doing, and here I was doubting you the whole time. Right. It doesn't mean that you want to go back through it again. No, no. But, it, yeah. but at the same time, you wouldn't have gone, you would have not have gone through it. You wouldn't have changed anything. You wouldn't have wanted to do it again, but you wouldn't have changed anything. Mm-hmm. And that, that, you know, that's, that's a good point because most people, you know, we're so great, gracious and, and willing to accept when the plan is good, right? We say God has a plan for all our lives. It comes like rolls off the tongue nicely, right? God has a plan. But the thing is, we say that when things are going well for us. You know, when it's easy to say that when you're like, man, somebody just gave me a thousand dollars. God has a plan and it's great. You know, and the next thing you know, you know, you wreck your car and, and you're blaming God and how can you let this happen? And the thing is, if he has a plan, and, and that's what our faith is gonna be built on, that God knew us before we were in the womb, right? I knew you when you were in the womb. And before you were in the womb that he has a plan for all of our life and we have to accept both of it you know both both sides of it the the joy and the suffering mm-hmm. you can't just pick and choose which one it's it's the plan you're going through it ups and downs and you know we a lot of people ask well why did you know like the thing with Jesus why did he suffer it says in Hebrews 12 and that's where a lot of the show that we're coming you know we're bringing today is based on the first uh 20 verses of Hebrews it's a wonderful resource in the bible to go look at if you're trying to understand suffering but it, when people ask, why did Jesus suffer? It says, for the sake of joy that lay before him, he endured the cross. Because he had to. Because he knew on the other side of it, waited this joy for him. That he was going to be the savior of the world. He's going to bring the people home to the Father. That's why he suffered. That's one reason. You know, one of the other things, you know, that it, that it says in this, in this, you know, portion of verses, is that it, it says to us, you know, well, guess what? You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. 
Now, that's sort of a punch in the face, right? Mm-hmm. Where we yeah. sit here and we think, man, I've suffered so much and I can't believe I had to go through all this. And then in this in this reading, it's basically saying, what are you complaining about? Right. You haven't suffered to the point of shedding blood. So, you know, it, that's what it's saying. You have not resisted uh, to the point of shedding blood sin, right? Like God said, I am not going to sin. Everything in my life, you can do whatever you want to me. I won't sin to the point of giving up my own blood. We haven't had to do that. God's not asking that of us. And so when you think about your suffering, if you think about it in that mindset, I haven't been asked to do that. All I've been asked is to walk through this, to continue to pray, because when we're in times of desolation, we tend to turn away from the Lord, right? We, like we've said, this is a punishment. I don't want, I'm going to, God, you're doing this to me. I'm going to, I'm going to show you, I'm going to walk away from you. But that's in the time where we need to be on our knees more praying, trying, praying for understanding, praying for help, praying for healing, whatever it is that we're suffering through. But, you know, a lot of the explanation comes in here too. You know, it goes on to say, suffering is not more, much more but, but discipline. And, and for us to endure our trials is discipline. That God scourges every son that he loves. Now, if you hear that, you can take that as, as well, he's punishing me, right? That's a scourging. No, it's saying the reason that we go through these sufferings is because God loves us. And why is it? It goes further on to say that he wishes to bring us into his holiness. He says, they disciplined us talking about our earthly fathers. They go spend time in here talking about you allowed your earthly fathers to discipline you. Why do you act so funny when when God disciplines you, when he allows these things to happen in your life to you? You know, oftentimes when I had things happen to me and I looked at my dad, I'm like, why'd you let me do that? And he's like, you needed to learn, mm-hmm. right? You stick your finger in that, you stick that fork in that socket, you only do it once. You know, and God allows us in that same way. Look, you free will, you made that choice. I'm hoping that you'll learn from it and you won't do it again. But the, the, the reading goes on and says, they disciplined us for a short time, talking about our earthly fathers, as seemed right to them, but he does so for our benefit in order that we may share his holiness. Because at the time, all discipline seems a cause not for joy, but for pain. Yet later it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. That's a loaded uh, verse you just said. I mean, Yeah, you um, can tell I didn't write it. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's so much in there. It's like saying... In order for you to share the graces that I have for you, you have to suffer. Like, again, you have to understand why I did all this. Mm-hmm. And as you're saying, suffering is not a, something we welcome, you know, unless you're like a saint, right? I mean, we, <laughs> we look, you told me some of the stories of saints, like they welcome suffering. They want to, you know, they wanted to take on as much suffering as they can to, to bring um, uh, people back to the faith. Uh, and that's, that's heroic virtue. You know, virtue is good. It's it's hard to, to get to attain to be virtuous, but heroic virtue. I mean, you're talking about the, the individuals, the, the the people that followed that that faithfully. I mean, they they are amazing individuals, and and their love of God, a devotion to God, is something that I don't know if I ever get to it, but I strive. Yeah. Right? We all strive for it, and I know when when I if I ask what's going to happen then there's going to be much suffering coming to my way. Right. Well, right? we're supposed to be learning. I mean, yeah. that's what the saints did. The saints never stopped learning through everything, through their joys, through their sadness, through their pains, through their well-being, all of those things. They were constantly looking for God. And that's what we're called to do, too. These, You know, we have this 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 tendency to, to, to look at the saints and say, gosh, it'd be great to be one of them. Man, how fortunate it was that they were born saintly like that, that they were born so holy. They were born just like you and me. 
They just met God in a profound way. He became the center and the most important thing in their life. And they did everything. They they spent every moment of their life in a constant pursuit of the Lord. And that's what we're supposed to be doing today, too. You're right. I talked about some of the saints. They prayed for suffering. They said, what are you crying about? Mm-hmm. You know, It's in the suffering we find the beauty. It's in the pain that the beauty comes out of that. If you look at an earthly uh, example of that. Look at look at childbearing for mothers. I've never been there. You've never been there. I've been in the room. Fortunately, you yeah. know, thank you, God, for that favor. But, like, it's beautiful to see, but I, I don't know if I would want to participate from from the, the pain that's obviously there. I'm a wimp when it comes to that. But, you know, the, the thing is, these women, especially if they go through the natural birth, there's so much pain. And, and a lot of women don't even take epidurals, you know, to, to block it. And all this pain and all this suffering and even before the time of birth, like the whole process of, of, of carrying the weight and, and, and just the, the, the weight and the, and the changing on your body, all that, these women go through all of this. And then at the end of it, it's almost like when you've been in there, the women are in so much pain, they're gonna, it's almost like they're going to die. They're going to pass out. And then all of a sudden, this beautiful life pops out, and they've forgotten all of that, it looks like, on their face in that moment, that they're going, all of it was for this. You know, and that's the way we've got to be in our lives is, yeah, this is not convenient for me. Yeah, this isn't good time. Man, this is a bad hand I've been dealt. But if we, there's one way, you know, there's two ways you can go there. Either you're going to go down the path of the evil one and allow him to go, you know, I can't believe you got a God that treats you like that. What kind of God gives you a hand like that? Isn't he supposed to love you? Man, what are you doing? You're you're really going to go spend time looking at that monstrance? You're really going to go in that church and kneel? Why are you Why are you praying? Right, you, Look, you don't have enough money to pay rent. Yeah, you know? I would never do that to you. <laughs> right, I would make you happy. You got that side of suffering, or you got the other side where you can concentrate on. You know what? This is hard, but so was everything Jesus did when he was sitting there taking all those lashings, when he was tied to a tree, when he was spit on, and his beard was ripped, and he was punched in the face. That was God. He could have snapped his fingers at any second and said, "You know what? I'm done with this mess," but he didn't. Because he knew that through that suffering, great healing, great redemption, that he was righting the original wrong of the world. Now, thank goodness that doesn't fall on our shoulders, but that, but in a way it does. We are meant to do everything that Christ did. You know, there's another quote from a saint in here that, that's it's pretty funny, actually, when you read it. Uh, it's from St. Sebastian. He says, when it is all over, you will not regret having suffered. Rather, you will regret having suffered so little and suffered that little so badly. <laughs> right. And it's so true because that's what we're talking about. We run from this. And and every opportunity we have to suffer is an opportunity to grow, to move into the person God wants you to be, to, to, to receive a grace. You know, yes, we get grace through all these sacraments and everything else, but, man, we suffer so much in life, and there's so much of a grace in it. it you look at these countries where these kids are skin and bone. You know, Christophanic did a video with a guy in Haiti, and he couldn't move. He was ridden to the bed. He had bed sores if people didn't turn him over. They didn't have much food. He couldn't leave his room. There was nobody really to even take care of him other than to bring him stuff to eat and move him every once in a while. And he looked above his when Chris said when he walked in, this guy had a smile from like one side of his face to the other. Just just Father Geo type gigantic smile, you know. And he said, He said, What are you smiling about? And he had he had somebody paint Mary and Jesus above his bed. And he goes, I'm alive, and God is wonderful. And there's this guy who suffers every single day. can't even turn himself over to keep from having sores. But he, he had a picture of this guy at Seek that he put up. 
And it was the most beautiful smile I've ever seen. That guy was, he was learning from his suffering. He was pulling the graces out of that suffering and not feeling sorry for himself or or questioning God, but looking at it as an opportunity to say, Lord, I don't know what this is for, but whatever it's for, whatever's on the other side is going to be magnificent. Like the purpose in this. You didn't do this for me to me just to make me feel this way, to punish me. You did this to offer me a part to tie yourself to allow me to walk with the passion of your son, right? That's the one thing, other thing we forget to do is that our suffering is an opportunity to tie ourselves close to Jesus's passion. You know, we're about to start into Lent here in another few weeks. And, and that's the part of Lent is that we're supposed to be growing ever closer to the Lord as he makes the conscious decision to suffer and to walk into his passion for the rest of the world, for people that, that, that didn't want him, that pushed him away, for people that hadn't even been born yet. And we're supposed to be drawn into that. And I was reading the Laudate app. You know, that's where I do my, my rosaries, you know, just to, to keep pace with it. And the third sorrowful mystery under that, you know, they wrote in there and said, why do you despair when you suffer? And they're obviously speaking like Jesus would be, you know, speaking the persona of Jesus. Why do you despair when you suffer? Is that the way you love me? Is that the way you love me? Mediate about, or excuse me, meditate about my passions and find in them great riches. You know, that's what he's saying. He's like, don't waste this, right? Just just take this. And when you're feeling down and you're feeling low and you're feeling beat up and you're feeling abandoned, that's when I'm closest to you. That's when I'm looking at you and I have my cross on my back and I want to grab your hand while you have your cross on your back and give you the strength to walk through it so you can get to the other side to what's waiting on you. I love what you're saying, you know, and I'm following everything. And and um, it's quite profound, you know, because there's going to be individuals who are listening and and their idea of suffering is totally different from what they're hearing right now. So so reviewing it, what are some big things that you can they can take away from what suffering really is all about? Well, first of all, suffering's a part of life. If you're going to accept the joy, accept the suffering. It hurts. It's bad. It's terrible in a lot of things. But God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. You just have to remember your strength is in Him. Embrace the suffering. There is a grace and a peace and a joy that can be found in that. And just pray into it. Allow God to explain what he's doing in your life and accept it. And in the words of St. Gemma, if you really want to love Jesus, first learn to suffer because suffering teaches you to love. So, Victor, with that, why don't we go ahead and close out with a prayer like we normally do. Sounds good. All right. Heavenly Father, you allow suffering in our lives for a reason. It allows us to share in the passion of your Son. Help us to embrace the grace that can be found by our suffering. And Father, even though our suffering is never pleasant, keep us from ever letting it go to waste. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com. Or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.